Today on The Real Life Girl, I'm speaking to the girl who's waiting for a relationship and what God wants you to know in this season. Today on The Real Life Girl, I'm speaking to the girl who's waiting for a relationship and what God wants you to know in this season. Welcome back to The Real Life Girl, or welcome if you are new. My name is Bianca and I am your host. And today we are speaking to our single sisters who are waiting for a relationship from God. Before I started recording, I did sound checks and I thought it would be nice to wear my headphones to hear like audio playback and make sure that everything sounds neat and clean. And I did so and it sounded like I was talking in a car and going through a no reception zone. Like the audio was so rocky and not, it was not giving basically. And I had to take these headphones off, but I was so excited. I was like, maybe I'll get to hear my voice clearly and not. So if you're listening to this episode, that's confirmation that Satan is really trying to work and he's really trying to not get this truth out there, but God works harder. And I mean, won't he do it, y'all? Won't he do it? Jumping right in, y'all know me and my story and how I came to know Jesus, but in case you're new here or you've only listened to certain episodes, I'll give you a quick recap. I gave my life to Jesus at the young age of 14 after battling with depression, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts, and I got pulled out of the trenches by Jesus. And once you've been pulled out of the trenches by God, there's just nothing that would make you want to go back to you like your worldly life and things like that. And I think at a certain point, I looked at my faith walk and I was like, wait, why didn't I do this sooner? And it's because of situations like this, like singleness and wanting things to happen outside of God's time, and you're like, oh, I remember why. I just think it's so funny like a lot of Christians actually go through that of like why I didn't do this sooner and I'm just like well this is why you like it makes sense to you now. Right after I got saved I kind of fell for this lie that I was going to be swept away by my Prince Charming right after and I'm really not sure why I thought that. I mean think about it like I was 14 at the time who was gonna sweep me away? Literally nobody and it was like I was planning my love story with the song love story playing in the background like That is the level of delusion that we were at. It was really wild. But you know what? Who's to say that God won't do it? I've seen God do the impossible. So won't he do it, y'all? Again, won't he do it? I believe it, y'all. All jokes aside, if you couldn't already tell, I am single. And I've been single for most of my life. And this is a journey that has been full of ebbs and flows, highs and lows for me. And I have days where I'm okay with being single and fully content with God. And other days where I cannot even imagine being single for another four seconds. And I'm not alone in that. Earlier last week, I was creating content for this next week, and I was in my feels about my singleness, and I figured that I would incorporate that into some of my content. And so I was creating reels about singleness, and this one reel, I just like captioned it with like a simple text. And the caption reads, behind the girl who is patiently waiting for a relationship from God is also a girl who is tired of waiting and just wants to experience love. This is not my caption. I saw it on TikTok first and I immediately teared up when I did because I don't think I've ever related to anything like that before. Like I had just gone through so many seasons of not being pursued, asked out, or even looked at. And when that's basically the narrative and reality for most of your life, it really gets to you, especially as women, we're wired to be more emotional. And so we're more emotional about many other things. And when we look into God's design for dating and love and romance, we see that men are supposed to be the pursuers, the chasers, the hunters, and women are meant to be pursued. Even the Bible says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. So now I'm like, wait, I'm not being pursued. I feel like I'm being set up for failure. And I ultimately just felt like I was a failure in the love field because I wasn't able to even fulfill my purpose in the dating game. 
And this sort of thinking led well into my teen years um, when I noticed that I wasn't being pursued or liked back. And I thought of this intricate idea that since I wasn't being pursued, that I was going to start pursuing. And I picked the wrong time and I picked the wrong guys, let me tell you. These were guys that, sad to say it, were truly awful. Like, and I can't even talk about this because, like, just these were guys that did not know the Lord. And because they didn't know the Lord, they couldn't love me properly. They didn't really care. They didn't really have any ambition or direction or motivation in their life. And I'm the exact opposite. I feel like I am like the planner type. I'm very organized naturally and that's who I am. But for some reason, I was just, oh gosh, I was attracted to the exact opposite. And this wasn't very much in my younger years, but most of my high school experience consisted of me picking and entertaining the wrong guys. And I'll never get that time back. And at that point, I was really ashamed of the decisions that I had made because I was putting myself into situations that God would simply not desire for his daughter. I just feel like really bad for myself at the time because of my low self-esteem. I was allowing myself to be treated and used and discarded by like all of these guys who at the end of the day didn't even care about me, treated me like the dirt on the bottom of their shoe. When I could have, you know, just been finding myself and finding myself in the Lord. And to the girl who feels the same way that I did, I want to tell you that our God is a God of redemption. And I'll say that again, our God is a God of redemption. Like he specializes in repairing broken people and making your heart white as snow. There's nothing that you can do that is outside of God's redemption. There's nothing that you can do that'll stop him from loving you, that'll make him second guess ever loving you. There's truly nothing that exists that can separate you from the love of God. And like, can I get an amen? Because... I made poor decisions and I had bad judgment calls and I got myself into situations and predicaments that I didn't need to be in all because my head wasn't screwed on straight. And I was so caught up in trying to find love in the world all because I was impatient and frustrated in my singleness. Coming from a girl who's been through the dirt, who's been through the grime, I want to take a second to give my best advice to my single Christian girlfriends who may be stressed or worried or even doubtful about their future and whether or not God will come through. Surprisingly, through all the heartache and just pain that I've been through, I've picked up on some great pieces of advice that I incorporate into my love life even now. So I'm going to be dropping some of my best advice to my single sisters that is biblical, that is true, that is wise to follow and incorporate into your own dating life. Jumping right in, point number one is if God is not in it, you do not want it. If God is not going to be at the center in your relationship, not in the middle, he's not going to be the one that's going to be keeping you guys together and bringing you guys closer to each other, you do not want that relationship. It's a mediocre relationship and it's not in his will for you. Let's talk about unequally yoked relationships. For a long time, I thought that my sole purpose on this earth was to meet men that were like big construction projects and me to fix them. I'm being serious. Like, I actually thought this. I actually thought that every guy that I met, I was supposed to fix them. And then we would date. We would fall in love. We would be happy. We would be married, yada, yada. The story ends. And I know what you may be thinking. I've heard of Christian couples that they met and like either none of them were saved or like one of them was saved and one wasn't. They had one foot out the door, one foot in. And it was like this whole game. And I've seen couples, even in my own family, like thrive in that. And they've been able to form beautiful marriages and have beautiful children and just like ultimately carry out God's purpose. 
So yes, technically, it does work for some people, but is it a principle that we should follow? No, it's not God's desire for you to be with someone that you have to like fix, you know, so they can be your fixer-upper. And when you think about it, you're putting yourself in the position of God. You're basically saying, God, hmm, back up. I don't need your help. I'm going to step in and fix this person. And you exhaust yourself doing God's work. And to think that I did that because I didn't want to wait for what God had for me. I was too impatient. I was too frustrated. I was too worried, too doubtful that I didn't believe that God would come through. And in return, it kept my faith very still. I did not truly trust God. I got myself into predicaments I really didn't need to be in, all because I didn't want to wait for what God had for me. And I know it may not feel like it right now, but God is working in your life, whether you see it or not. And that can be in your singleness, in your career, in so many other facets in your life. But I want you to trust that God is working in your life, even if you don't see it at this moment. Because it may not feel sweet, it may not feel good to stay single in this moment, but I promise that when you wait for what God has for you, that next season will be so much sweeter. And I've had times that I look back, I'm like, man, I'm thankful I waited for this thing that God was giving me, this blessing that God gave me because I waited, because I wasn't frustrated, because, you know, I trusted that he was going to provide. So when I look at those seasons, I take those seasons as proof that God will come through and he will provide the man that I've been waiting for. And then when I'm in that season, I can look back at other seasons and be like, man, I am so happy that God didn't allow that relationship to happen. He didn't allow me and this person to work out because I would have never met this person. Believe it or not, God is so organized. He's so strategic and he plans everything so intricately and strategically. Like it's so hard to even believe that, but it's true. Instead of trying to make things happen on your own, wait for what God has for you and just wait to see how sweet that next season will be. My next piece of advice is if he cannot pick up his Bible, please, please, please tell that boy bye. That sounds really funny to say, but it's so true because you deserve a godly man. Like if that, if he cannot even open his Bible and like just tell you what God is teaching him in his life, where God is taking him, where God is leading him, please tell him bye. Like stop wasting your time. In my really baby Christian days, like I want to say like my first year of like following God, this was like all I did. And again, like I really thought I was like supposed to be some handyman fixing all these guys to be fixer uppers. And even from a second person point of view, it's been really heartbreaking for me to see this. Um, I've had a couple girlfriends that, you know, they were in unequally yoked relationships. And, you know, I had been kind of seeing it as like a really close friend at the time. And my friend had to beg her boyfriend to treat her right and to go to church with her and to worship God. And, you know, to her, it felt like it was a chore to, you know, make him come to God. And that's just not the desire that God has for you. Because let me tell you that you were not put on this earth to be some man's babysitter. Like I'm telling you, you were meant to be pursued. He who finds a wife finds a good thing, not she who finds a fixer-upper to fix finds a good... No, that's not the verse. There's a reason why that verse doesn't say that because it's not true and it's not meant for you. You deserve a godly man that is going to tell God about you. You deserve a godly man that's going to pray about you, that's going to fast for you, that is going to go to war in the spirit with you you deserve to be treated right without having to tell him how to treat you right like these are things that you deserve these are bare minimum things that you deserve and if you're not getting them then look to where god is leading you and if this is you right now if you're listening to me talking and thinking man like i am putting myself in a really tight predicament that i don't really know how i'm gonna get out of i encourage you to ask yourself where god wants you to get into deep connection with the lord and ask him what is his purpose for your life 
And I think from there, you can really receive a good picture of wisdom of where God wants you in your life, in your dating life, in your career, etc. Because it can be really difficult to be somewhere in life that you're not meant to be in, but so much sweeter when you're doing God's work that he's called you to do. My next piece of advice is to keep your head in the game. I literally wrote down two points for this. I just said, stop trying to make it happen out of God's timing. And two, it's our job to pray and God's job to move. It's like wham bam, that's all I had to say for this point. But it's true, I think a lot of the time we're getting into bad situations because we're impatient, we're frustrated, and we're tired of waiting. And I know it's hard, you know, I'm not talking to you with my boyfriend beside me, I'm talking to you, it's just me and God, because I'm a single sister, and I have pains like this where I don't feel like God's gonna come through, or I don't know if there's someone out there for me. But when I catch myself stressing about this and trying to make it happen on my own, I remind myself that it is our job to pray and God's job to move. Sometimes in your faith walk with the Lord, you really have to act like he has already done the thing that you've been praying for him to do, because he will. It's hard, but it's a real faith builder. Like when you really want a husband or you really want a boyfriend, you really just want to meet someone, you already have to go into your prayer kind of like he's already supplied that thing because you know he will. You know he will come through. He's not going to let you down. I'm a planner by default. Like I feel I'm a walking Excel spreadsheet and that's who I am. And I love to plan. I love to stay organized. And I find myself creating blueprints for my own life. I'm journaling. Okay, I'm going to get married by this age. I'm going to go on, you know, this. I'm going to get married and have kids and, you know, da 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 Like planning out things that I'm like, wait, I think about it. I don't have control over my life. I don't know when these things are going to happen. But you know what? I know who holds my life. I know who holds tomorrow. And God's not going to let me fall. He didn't bring me this far just to leave me. I have to remind myself that God has good plans for my life. He has so much good in store for me. Not plans to bring me down, but plans for me to rise up. And that's just who God is. But we have to stop being the God of our own lives and realize that it is our job to pray and God's job to move. God has already figured it out. He's already paved a way. So stop getting in his way, get out of his way and allow him to lead you. Another piece of advice from me to you is to get to know yourself. Think about when you'll be married. This can be when you're like 10 years older, much older, maybe even sooner. But think about this time. When you are married, you are married to this person for the rest of your life and you will never get your singleness back. In your singleness, take advantage of the fact that you can go anywhere, you can travel, you can cross items off your bucket list without running it by your husband. And that sounds bad, I know, but think about it. You will have to do things as a team always, and that's not to scare you out of marriage because it's beautiful, it's a great thing, it's a gift from God, but it's a fact. There will be no more making decisions on your own, traveling on your own, doing life on your own. You guys are a team coordinated by the Lord. So during this time that you have to yourself, take some time to travel, do fun things, and get the things you want to get done. If you want to start a side hustle or you want to start a business, go back to school to finish your degree, even move in with your friend or family, do that thing. Enjoy this time by yourself because you'll never have this time back. I had posted a quote about singleness on Facebook earlier this morning, and I know it's like so me. Like, I cannot go four seconds without talking about singleness for some reason, and I'm just really passionate about it. And so I posted this, and one of my family members said, Bianca, you know, I hope you find love soon, but don't stress about it. Don't rush it, because I promise you, God has so much good in store for you. You'll never get to do the things that you do single while you're married again, so enjoy this time. And I'm not gonna lie, I took a little bit of offense to that because I was like, what the heck does that mean? Like, that's rude. But then I thought about it. I was like, that's kind of right though. 
if you wanted to go bungee jumping, I promise you, like your spouse is going to weigh out the pros and cons with you. If you decide right now that you want to take a trip to Tennessee the next day, that probably won't happen overnight because you have a spouse, you have a family, you have things to worry about. If you want to take time off work just to have a small little vacation, that probably won't happen right away because again, there are things to be planned, there are things to be coordinated, all because you're no longer doing life on your own. So you have to think that you're in this season for a reason and you might as well take advantage of the fact that you can do things on your own without having to run it by someone. Again, marriage is so beautiful. It's such a good gift from the Lord and you have a person to do life with, but sometimes that's not always easy and a lot of the time it takes work up front. So enjoy this time that you have to yourself and get the things you want to get done, done. I never want to be married and realize that I didn't do the things I wanted to do while single. I never started that business. I never did this. I never did that. Hence why I have a ministry because this is something I felt the Lord was calling me to. And I thought, why not? Let's start this thing. So I encourage you to do the things that you enjoy, even though this time can be painful. It can be long. It can sometimes feel dreadful. But truly enjoy this time and take advantage of it because you may never get it back. Tip number five is to spend time building your spirit. And I'll just say this, a lot of women talk about wanting a godly marriage, but they don't want to do the work it takes to become a godly woman. Being a woman for the kingdom means leaving worldly things behind and holding yourself accountable, getting in God's presence, learning from him, and taking on the fruits of the spirit. When you're not doing these things, you can't expect to meet a godly man when you're not a godly woman. For me, this meant getting into deep connection with the Lord and letting him guide me in my career, hence why I have a ministry business. Letting him bring community that pours truth into my life was probably the best thing because I have friends that are not afraid to tell me how it is straight up, but also encourage me and inspire me. When I think about what I'm doing in my single season right now, I think about the fact that I'm spending my singleness becoming 1% better each day and doing God's work in my life. When you look at your life, look at areas that you can improve, look at areas that you can grow in, and from there you can slowly but surely become better each day. So that when God brings you your husband, when God allows you to meet the godly man, he's been preparing for you all this time, you're ready and you don't have all this baggage, you don't have all this trauma that you're dealing with. Because you're healed, you're healthy, and you're glowing for Jesus. And I just think that's so beautiful. When you allow him to work through you, you allow him to be seen through you. You may have some regrets. You may have regrets like me. You may regret making certain decisions or not making certain decisions, but no one ever regrets following God's lead. And that's something I think about daily. Tip number six is to set your standards. I want to challenge you to use this time to decide what you want in a future relationship. And this can be many things. This can be the morals that you would like the other person to share with you or the boundaries and the standards you will not compromise on. It's interesting because I've read about a lot of Christian couples who've waited until later in their dating relationship to set boundaries for purity, for finances, social outings, and these things are really crucial, especially in the beginning stages of the relationship when you're setting the tone for both people. You're thinking, okay, I want God at the center of this relationship. I want this person to possess these traits and this personality and this character and heart for the Lord, and I'll do the same. And this is valuable. So when God does bring you your future man, you'll have already decided what you will and will not tolerate. And so that way you can be upfront and honest about your expectations and be sure you're not wasting your time. I know when you meet someone, sometimes you don't want to get into the nitty gritty because you want to enjoy them as a person. You want to enjoy getting to know them, but that's the most essential thing you have to do. You have to get your non-negotiables out there. 
For example, say you don't want to be engaged for more than a year. It would be a great idea to get that out there versus getting that out there 11 months into the relationship. I mean, that's not really feasible. It's not ideal or realistic. By setting your standards and using this time to decide what you want in a future relationship, you can be upfront and honest about your expectations, your standards, and your morals to make sure that you're not wasting your time and blocking yourself from someone that could have all the things that you desire in a partner. This is the tug on my heart I have felt a single sister needs to hear today, and I just want you to remember that you were so loved by God as his daughter, and that he who finds a wife finds a really good thing. I've quoted that like six times, but seriously, like I better not see any of you being the pursuers out here, because you deserve to be pursued by a man of God just like God has pursued you. I loved our girl talk about singleness, and before we leave, I want to leave you guys with two verses of the day. The first one is from Psalm 73, verse 26. It says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And the next one is Psalm 46, verse 5. It says, God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. You are so loved. You are so desired. You are so wanted by Christ, and I think it's really important to continuously instill that in ourselves each and every day. Thanks for chatting with me. I really enjoyed it and I will see y'all in the next episode.